This podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Welcome to Just Thinking with Stan Wagland, a unique podcast that breaks down all of the topics in life you want to hear about from someone who's been there, done that, and lived through it all. No topic is off limits, and all things will be discussed with thought-provoking knowledge that will make you look at things in a different way. Just Thinking for times like these. Hey everybody, if you're listening to my voice, you're listening to Stan Wangland and this is Just Thinking. (laughs) How the heck are you doing? I'm sorry if I'm giggling. It's a beautiful sunny afternoon here in New York. Uh, Still the epicenter of the pandemic uh, in the United States. And uh, nevertheless, uh, it's been a beautiful day out here today. I was out there doing a lot of lawn work and working in the neighbor's yard next door, helping her out and doing some other things, being outside in the fresh air, saying hi to people as they walk by, you know, just kind of a lot of normal things, which kind of makes me feel very good, Uh, you know, still obeying all the social distancing things, Uh, you know, wearing a mask when I need to do it, but, you know, out and about doing what I have to do. And uh, having said that, nice to know you. I just jinxed myself. Uh, I'll be dead by tomorrow. Hey, everybody, love you. You know how that goes? (laughs) God darn, I wish I hadn't said that. Anyway, uh, I am feeling kind of good. It's, uh, like I said, it's a beautiful day. It's very nice. And thank you all for indulging me with my uh, prediction show, part one and two. And uh, today's show, which came out, not this show, when I'm always saying today's show, it's the one that's currently playing today as I'm recording uh, this show, which you know how it all goes. It's some kind of time warp. <laughs> And dimension, which was on militias uh, and how crazy they are, and you know conspiracy groups and religious groups and everything else. So, uh, in case you think uh, old buddy Stan has lost his marbles and is seeing uh, aliens and Martians and uh, you know conspirators under the bed, maybe I am. But uh, thanks for listening to the shows. They were a lot of fun to do. Uh, some of them quite scary, like <laughs> that uh, militia show. And the, which wasn't the militia that I was actually sitting in on. It was a religious uh, conspiracy group. Uh, so my apologies to the militia, <laughs> uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, again, thanks for watching those shows. And they're very interesting. Please go take a listen to them. They're important. And it's important that you check them out to see what you think about it. Uh, maybe you'll hear my show and decide you want to be a member of the militia. You know, and I'm not kidding. Maybe that's what you want to do, man. But whatever. Uh, Anyway, I thought I would do something a little bit more lighthearted today, uh, if not for your mental health, but for mine. And uh, one of the things that I had, uh, you know, said yesterday in the show on malicious <laughs> is that uh, it's a spooky statistic. And as a psychologist, it's always a very sobering one. So I'm not going to make light of it too much. Is that about one in five Americans is experiencing some kind of a mental health uh, problem or challenge. Or disorder. There's all kinds of politically correct things to say, but you know it doesn't help in the, the times of coronavirus. So, you know this puts a lot of pressure on people for anxiety, depression, uh, their feelings of inadequacy, self-esteem, whatever. Anything that can pop up that's been bothering them comes out. Well, you know with this coronavirus, I was uh, reading an article, and uh, I've, I've seen this before, and it makes perfect sense uh, because it actually happened. 
uh, in a very small fashion in the great uh, blackouts in New York when I was a kid. I mentioned this on another show. People got to know each other and people came out of the house. Uh, this was a power outage in the summer. Uh, and afterwards, there was this big boom of kids <laughs> because people were two or three days without power. They were sweating their cojones off. But we had the best old time coming out of the house, uh, eating and reading uh, by candle light and grilling on the grill. And, uh, you know, people saying, I didn't know old Mr. Jones was still alive and coming out and get to know each other. And the coronavirus um, is having that same effect in a positive way. Uh, you know, in every crisis, there's an opportunity. And this isn't necessarily for families getting to know one another uh, better or meeting all the challenges and running around and, you know, playing um, uh, basketball with your underwear and a ball and throwing it into a laundry hamper. That's all great stuff, too. And I'm sure that's happened, as well as a lot of people choking each other and, you know, fighting and screaming, all those normal things that uh, people seem to do in families that I'm acquainted with. But this has to do with the, the dating game. And, boy, and I'm just telling you the name of the article when it says, how coronavirus is changing the dating game for the better. I didn't use that term, the dating game. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at... Is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling with Reality on all major podcast outlets. Which makes uh, whoever wrote that article, who's a young person, um, it makes them sound like they're a, a, a boomer. Okay, boomer? Uh, since I'm a boomer, I get some fun calling a young person a boomer. But uh, anyway, this idea of the coronavirus changing the dating with people for the better is a you know, really interesting thing. And uh, I was a proponent of a long, long time ago when uh, social media first came out. And even before it was out, I would have, you know, you know given my age at the time in my uh, early 40s, a lot of my friends started getting uh, you know, divorced. And then they would wind up, uh, you know, being out of the dating game and being very dissatisfied, you know, feeling very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, where do I go? I've, you know, I've been married for 15, 20 years. I've got kids. I, I don't feel like going to the bar. I can't. I got to go home and do a load of laundry, whatever. Where do I meet nice men or where do I meet nice women? And I would always tell people, uh, I would say uh, when there were first chat rooms or video things, I would say, you know, you really should try something like that. Uh, even though it looks kind of crazy, you can use your own filters and, uh, you know, just like a blind date or a matchmaking service or whatever. As a matter of fact, one, this is long before eHarmony. I actually thought of, uh, and people thought I was crazy, developing a matchmaking service for the same reason. People would come in, they'd see me, they were getting divorced or, the, you know, where do I meet somebody? And I could not give them good advice or go over things. You know, when you're limited, you know, 
where are you going to meet somebody at the local watering hole? It's very limited, um, you know, at, at church or, you know, other groups that you go to or whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a very um, random process. And I thought it would be a good idea to just have people be honest and say, hey, look, I'm, have, I'm very selective or I'm having a hard time finding somebody. I, I, I'd like to throw my name in the hat. And my idea was to have psychologists look at the information that we, we would get together and try and match people up like, uh, you know, the old matchmaker in Fiddler on the Roof uh, with some modern technology. Well, lo and behold, uh, the founders of eHarmony beat me to that idea and implementing it. And uh, I'm sure a lot of us had that thought and uh, have been very successful with it. And then you have all the free services like Match.com, if that's still around. I don't know. Uh, most of my dating that's done is, is more secretive because uh, my wife frowns on it. So she doesn't like if I use a service like eHarmony to do dating with other women. That was a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Ba-da-boom. Okay, a little Henny Youngman there. Take my wife, please. But uh, anyway, you get the idea. So in the modern world, uh, you know, the... The dating online and uh, all the various social media sites and services that they have for this, you know, certainly uh, changed how people could date. You know, you could uh, have false personalities that you could put on there. You could, uh, you know, look for vulnerable people. You could be disreputable. You could, you know, have silly sites uh, where you couldn't um, really determine who was who. You could do a lot of speed dating. Uh, just keep burning through people, uh, you know, setting people up, uh, you, you know, with, with things like that. Or you could um, go to more specialized sites that might cost you money or have different requirements or be stricter. Like eHarmony seems to be, I, you know, I know people who've done that. Uh, that seems to be a very legitimate service. And, you know, it's pretty clear you want to meet somebody as a lifelong partner uh, with that, you know, most of the time is my understanding. And then you have, uh, you know, these other types of dating sites. Well, due to the uh, coronavirus and all the dangers involved with that, uh, now a lot of the things that millennials uh, and other people who have been dating that, you know, were problematic uh, aren't problematic anymore. Uh, Like when you meet somebody for the first time, I know I was married and divorced, uh, you know, after 20 years. And uh, yeah, I was... um, you know, I went out on, I had never gone out, I think, in my life on a real friendship date, whatever the hell that was before that. Everything was more than a friendship date. It was like, you know, you know, pursuing somebody. But uh, I started doing a couple of those. and That was a different experience. I, I kind of got to like those, uh, you know, treating people kind of normally uh, in a dating situation and in a very relaxed way. <clears throat> and then, you know, moved on to some more intensive type of things. And, and you know, for me, I... I to be honest with you, I wanted to meet somebody who was, uh, I didn't necessarily want to meet somebody I had to marry, but I wanted somebody that I might want to partner up with at some point in time. Uh, you don't have a little bit more of a serious thing. Somebody that I wanted to be in a comfort zone with. I didn't want to go bar hopping or just shagging down, uh, uh, you know, various uh, women uh, who were vulnerable uh, or, you know, uh, as I was or anything else like that. That, that really wasn't, you know. And that really wasn't my intent. You know, everybody knows that. Save that for marriage, right? No. There's another joke. Boom. But uh, now, what this a virus, I guess kind of like with the AIDS thing that came in too, it changes the game. It changes the guide, guidelines. Uh, instead of worried about small talk, uh, people 
don't have to worry about that because you're not physically present with the person right now. You know, in a lot of these situations. So video chats are in. And for me, I love FaceTime. I love video chats. I love Skype. Uh, to me, uh, I'm a, like I said, I'm a psychologist. If I was going to open up a practice again, if I was going to do some counseling again, it would definitely be, I've wanted to do that for years on, on video. Uh, certainly a video chat. There's no need to have somebody in your office. There's no need, need to have anybody there doing that. Not as a psychologist, you, you know, in my opinion, I don't need that. I can see your face right there. I can see the reactions. I can get the tenor and tone of your voice. And I think dating is the same thing. If, if, if I can get all my needs met as a professional in terms of understanding your behavior and stuff like that, you can certainly do that uh, in terms of getting to know somebody. So, this is great. And people are doing that. Small talk is out. Video chats are in. You don't have to worry about who picks up the check in the beginning as you're getting to know somebody. You know, a lot of people are great people. And, uh, you know, if they get divorced or they're, you know, they're paying off school debts or just starting out on a new job in a new town, they don't have a lot of money. And, um, you know, dating is a ritual and rituals, you know, uh, have sets of rules. So, you know, the rules sometimes are, this is how important you are. You know, I'm taking you to a very expensive place or, you know, you get an idea of what somebody's like, if they're cheap, if they're a big spender, if they're impulsive, whatever. But what it does is the being online and doing this online thing where you can't see somebody run over their house, uh, you know, get all your hormones and endorphins flying out there, the yin yang and then jump somebody and then find out that, uh, uh, you know, now everything's kind of the intensity levels, the neurotransmitters, the, um, you know, all those kind of things are, are, are settling down. Uh, you know, uh, th this person, you know, that's really not that, uh, you're really not that crazy about him. So you have to take things slow. And it's that wonderful. You know, you take things slow. It's kind of nice. So if you're single and dating, uh, it's, it's kind of a great thing. And some scientists, biological anthropologists, and people who study romantic love around the world, man, love is all in your brain, man. It's all in your brain. Uh, it's in your brain circuitry. Uh, it's, uh, it's in, uh, you know, how your central nervous system is firing out uh, and influencing hormones and different neurotransmitters and different sections of your brain. And, um, you know, for survival, reproduction, and this general sense of well-being, this is why this mating thing is so important. It's to perpetuate the species. I mean, that's what I teach when I teach human development. So uh, the, a lot of the people I've been reading, like this one person was the, um, uh, the chief science advisor at Match.com. And uh, they've been analyzing data for the past 15 years. And they find that the data also suggests that this pandemic is changing this courtship process in some positive ways. It slowed things down. It's made uh, people return to more traditional, this is not my term, wooing. You know, when you woo somebody, you're courting them. Isn't this funny? This is like your grandparents and your great grandparents, all the stuff that they told you, slow down, you know, do things the old fashioned way. It was much better. Yeah. This is how your brain operates. Slow down. It's deeper. Getting to know somebody before, as they say, the kissing starts, and I'm sure it's much more than kissing, uh, 
uh, seems to be a very, very good thing for the quality of the relationship uh, and, and just how people feel about the whole thing. So people are rediscovering and also getting these emerging, emerging modes, uh, different modes of dating. So it gives single people some additional time, like without penalties or pressure, to select uh, more appropriate mates. And it lets people, it enables them to have romance. And this idea of attachment for it to develop slowly. And as it develops slowly, it's probably more correct for you. And then you have the chance for that to have that love flourish long term. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. So, you know... What are some of the ways, you know, that has changed? Like I said, the biggest way is that video ch- video chats are in. So uh, Match.com did all kinds of research and they had, uh, uh, I guess, several questions that they asked the members and they got 6,000 men and women to reply to this, which is a very large total. And they all said that they were doing something new. They were doing a lot of video chatting. And before the COVID-19 only about 6% of these singles were using video chatting to like kind of court people. Now, 69% of them were doing it and were open to the video chatting with a potential partner. And a third of them already have an individual whom they'd like to talk to via video. Okay. So this is a real, you know, uh, a really good thing. Now, I was always a proponent of this, uh, you know, uh, with people that I would give advice to. I would say, I don't know why you're not using your computer. Well, what do you know? I said, well, you're simple. You, you have, at this time, this is many years ago, uh, Skype was there. Other things were there. FaceTime was there. I said, why wouldn't you use the technology that's out there? It's the same way. Why do you think that you have to, even, even if it's a crazy person, why do you think that it has to be dangerous to meet somebody the first time? Why can't you meet just why can't you meet somebody at just a, a well uh, populated uh, coffee shop in the area where there's a million people where you can get a taxi easily and uh, there's no chance of an incident if you don't like the person. And this is what people are finding out that if they use FaceTime, if they use Zoom, if they use some other internet platform, you and I are walking billboards of who we are. Okay, I know if you're listening, if you listen to this show regularly, you must have some mental image of me. I mean, you can take a picture, you peek at me, uh, some version of me on the little picture of uh, just thinking as I'm standing there in my sweatshirt. That isn't, uh, you know, totally what I look like. I'm a very charming, uh, handsome, uh, uh, continental kind of felt. Now, there I go again. Boom. But, uh, you know, when you see people up close and personal on these things, It's very revealing. Uh, You know, your haircut or lack of a haircut is uh, revealing. Uh, I'm very fussy about my hair. See, I'm appealing for dates for people out here now. If you'd like to date me, contact me on the show. (laughs) Because my wife is ready to throw me out of the house with the pandemic. She's ready to kill me. But that's another whole uh, show there. But your haircut tells a lot about you or the lack of it. Um, You know, 
my wife has been cutting my hair and uh, I kind of start starting to look like friggin Ivanhoe, you know, or, uh, you know, one of those Benedictine monks or something like that. Your tattoos can tell a lot about you, you know, if, if you have any, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Your preppy shirt, your revealing blouse, all these and many more visible traits uh, that you have, you know, they kind of signal your background. They signal your education, your interests. Uh, you know, the next thing we know after doing this show, there are people manipulating these things. So they look like people that they're not. They're really serial killers, but they look like little preppy, well-educated millennials or something. <laughs> but specific brain regions we know in your brain, in my brain, as soon as you see somebody in a certain thing... You assess things about this person. You kind of project onto them what you think they're like. And their personality and their physical appeal uh, turns on to you in seconds of seeing people. I used to do a lot of consulting with people in sales. And I was very successful with it. And uh, I was uh, would use a lot of the research at the time. And I worked in sales uh, from a young lad of 14 uh, through most of my um, early adulthood and, and all of my teenage years to put myself through college and graduate school and everything else and make a lot of money doing it. And uh, the sale, the people like you or dislike you in the first second, quicker than that, you come walking up to somebody, if you've got a cold, clammy hand, or you look weird, or your hair is parted wrong, or your shirt looks silly, uh, or whatever, it's done. You're toast. Uh, now, you can undo a little bit of that percentage, but most of it People have this bias. And then everything that you do, they, they use a confirmation bias with those kind of things. So this is a good, you know, this is a good and bad thing, but it, it gives people a chance to do this. And it's nice. Uh, another thing that's really cool is that sex and money are out. Well, I don't know about the sex part, but the money part is good that it's out. So with the pandemic, uh, temporarily, two of the most challenging aspects of dating are sex and money, you know, do, 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 you know, when are you going to have sex with somebody? Do you want to have sex with somebody? Is it appropriate? Is it within, you know, all those kinds of things. Now that's out of the question. And it, unless uh, you're going to decide to do some other type of sex with them, you know, some kind of online or computer sex, or I, I don't know, you know, uh, those kinds of things. But I don't think that that's a, a big thing for people, you know, I, well, why would I say that? Pornography and all kinds of sexual things over the internet are really big. I don't know. I don't do those things right now. But I guess if I could do them if I was dating, I would. <laughs> Am I telling you too much information? Maybe I'm not the guy to do dating in the coronavirus. I'll find a way to be cheap and shallow even during the coronavirus. But uh, with the nice normal people who are out there, not like me, when singles meet in person, you know, they really feel obligated to navigate this, uh, this world of uh, sexual behavior and levels and things like this. But now, uh, no way. Uh, they, they don't have to worry about anything. They don't have to worry about splitting bills. They don't have to worry about when to go. Uh, how, you know, what do I have to offer about this or that? There's no negotiations on anything. And they get this great opportunity to have time to talk to talk about all kinds of things. Uh, and during this pandemic, people want to unload a lot of things. So they're more likely to share far more meaningful thoughts of fear and hope. And, and you get you know, a lot to know about uh, your potential partner really fast. Now think if, think if uh, any of you, uh, 
if you were dating a person like me now during the, the virus, and I was telling you about, uh, you know, there's ma- militia groups coming to get you, and there's, you know, this is my thing. But, you know, you'd say, I, I don't know whether you'd say, you know, this is a bright guy and he's got a creative mind or a very analytical mind, or you'd say, I, I don't know, man, has this guy been microdosing LSD or something like that? But you know me from the show here. If you're listening to it, we have kind of, we're you know developing an intimate relationship. Seriously, that's the idea of just thinking. There's an intimacy. You know, I can be silly. This is me, for real. And this is the nice thing about uh, that. What can happen? And the research shows that men are just as likely to disclose their secret feelings as women. So this gives you know men who are you know for whatever reason have a tendency to be a little bit more secretive. Uh, they get a better, uh, you know, um, idea of how to be more communicative with women. And that's something that women really like. So, you know, it, 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 this, this has uh, a lot of great stuff to it. Um, you know, people uh, don't have to uh, sit there and do this binge dating online where they have to, you know, you know swipe, click binge, tap, set up all these means, they can, you know, stick with a few people and get to know them in this kind of way. And uh, it, it makes your decision making much better. Uh, and, and you don't get into what they call a knee jerk response or a negativity bias, because you're getting so many screwball people. And the other thing is you get this slow love process. And this is the first time I'm mentioning love here, but you might find somebody that you're falling in love with, even though you haven't gotten physical with them, that they have qualities or in a physical appearance and a lot of things that, you know, like I've had that happen in my life. I'm sure that you have. You just see somebody, you meet somebody at work or in school or whatever it is, and you just say, wow, I, for whatever reason, I, I just kind of, I'm so drawn to this person. And then you get to hear them and speak to them and talk to them and uh, uh, your brain starts to show activity in regions uh, that are associated with intense romantic passion. And uh, the, the more that you reinforce this by these chats and talks and everything else like that, you trigger these areas, you, you develop um, more of a realistic uh, type of, a, of an appraisal with somebody. And, you, you know, you have a better uh, odds of finding uh, a person that you're really compatible with and will be compatible with for a long time. Now, isn't that funny? Isn't that nice? So there you go. There's a positive, happy thing uh, that comes out of the pandemic. Bizarre as it sounds, the pandemic may lead to many, many, many more happier and more enduring partnerships uh, when it's all done. Because it just is a happy accident. Remember Bob Ross, the painter? You know, he'd make a mistake with the brush and he'd say, oh, don't worry about it. It's a happy accident. Well, life is like that many times. So it was a happy accident. Now, maybe you're listening to this show today and we're just about at the end of the show and we can consider it the same thing. This is a wonderful, happy accident. Maybe you haven't been in love with somebody and uh, or you're dating or you've been divorced or you're single and you're thinking, hey, Here's a great opportunity during this time. Maybe you want to try one of these sites and you don't have to have all the pressure on you of money, this thing or the other thing. Uh, you know, you can get out there and get to know some people and tell them how you feel about things. Maybe you want to join one of those militias I was talking about or one of those crazy conspiracy groups. 
You might find somebody nice there. Who can tell? And, you know, shooting those weapons is a lot of fun. I know I love doing that. I would be a good militia member. So you get what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's show. It's beautiful out there today. And I'm going to go outside and do some more things. And uh, I really had a nice time uh, doing the show with you today. Uh, I hope everybody's safe. Be careful out there. I know there's a lot of different opinions on what to do with uh, what's going on right now. But uh, common sense and safety, I'm sure you're capable of all that stuff. So take care of your families. Take care of your neighbors. Do the right thing and be safe. My love to you. I'll catch you on the next Just Thinking. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to Just Thinking with Stan Wagland. Please check out our website, www.rcpodnetwork.com or email him at swagland at gmail.com. And please make sure to subscribe to Just Thinking with Stan Wagland on your favorite podcast outlet.